2: Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network.
0: What's going on, everyone? Taylor Cowles here for CLNS Media. The Patriots are going to face off with the Dolphins for the first time this year, Sunday night, obviously coming off a tough loss against the Eagles, but the Dolphins are flying, should I say, swimming high after their win in Los Angeles. So to preview this matchup, going behind enemy lines with my good buddy, Travis Wingfield of the Dolphins. Travis, how you doing today,
1: buddy? You know, Taylor, there's there's games that you, you love to get wins in. There's games that you remember for a long time. And that week one contest for the Dolphins is going to be one that we remember for a long time. So the, the mood around the building right now is very good. Uh, the mood from the guy you're talking to right now is, is even better because, Makes man, I, I'm excited about what this team could possibly be. And I'm excited about this matchup come Sunday night in primetime. Need
0: some good football. I don't know how Patriots fans are going to feel about the whole building being ecstatic. (laughs) But I love you, man. So I'm glad to see a smile on your face. Appreciate it, The guy behind, largely, uh, Sunday's outstanding performance, Tua Tagovailoa. Now, there are a lot of things you expect from Tua. He's got elite accuracy, his eye manipulation, his anticipation. Like, these have been things that he's had since he got in the league. But I thought we saw a bit more from him on Sunday. So I'm curious, do you think that Tua is beginning to reach another level where, you know, before, I'm not sure if people were more afraid of him in terms of being a playoff team or more
1: afraid of the weapons. But it seems like now you got to respect Tua as well. It makes it a really fun conversation especially when I've been harping on this for years now even going back to Alabama when I was very enticed by Tua as a prospect that you know the the majority of good quarterback play happens in the pocket on structure and executing an offense the way it's constructed to be played. But what Tua did well at Alabama that I think has kind of come back to the surface here recently, and especially this season through training camp and what you saw in that week one game, is the off-script creativity. And there was a throw. I know everyone's talking about the big throw down the field to Tyreek that put them in position to go win the game, which that was probably the best throw of the weekend across the National Football League. But there was a throw to Braxton Berrios on third and 15 where Tua had pressure. He kind of like regathered his feet and got himself in a position to escape does escape and throws on the move. And I believe the air yards was like 28 yards in this throw across his body down the field, right on the numbers for Braxton Barrios for a huge conversion at that point of the game. And, you know, McDaniel talked about it, the work that Tua put in the off season to better physically train his body, not just to prevent injury, but to get more velocity, to get more escapability. He talked about it in training camp. But we've all been seeing it so far through those, you know, non live practices but to have a chance to come out in week one and see him do it in that game against that quarterback in that environment, it was a special moment. I think that if Tua can continue to do that, it's going to make this offense very, very tough to stop. It's tough
0: when the quarterback is doing all the right things. And it's even tougher when you got guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle with their speed, their dynamic ability after the catch. Tyreek popped off for more 200 yards. How do you expect the Patriots to defend this offense this time around because last year we saw a couple of different approaches in week one with two up we saw a lot of single high stuff they mixed in some cover two but it was pretty much the Patriots doing what they do and frankly I think they got away with it a few times where two one downfield and for some reason he just wasn't able to get to Tyreek but then with Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson we saw a lot more cover two more quarters things like that which is also what the Patriots kind of started doing towards the end of the season as their cornerback depth was depleted so what do you think the plan is going to be for this week's matchup?
1: Yeah, I thought that week one game last year was one of Tua's, you know, worst tapes of the entire season, just wasn't really on time and un-rhythm like he usually is. And it was the first game in a new system for him, which I think is to be expected. Although one week later, he threw for six touchdowns and 469 yards. So maybe it clicked pretty quickly there for him. But yeah, I was looking at the numbers today, getting ready for my preview on my podcast and the blitz numbers of the Patriots against Tua are much more frequent than they are for other teams attacking Tua who kind of know better than to blitz him, but the Patriots have had success with that. And I think part of that is, you know, Belichick's ability to change the picture pre and post snap and create confusion, take away that first read and put him in a bind where all of a sudden I have to get off my first read and deal with pressure in my face. It's tough for any quarterback. And you mentioned the, the coverage structures. I, I would say, you know, it, it's kind of pick your poison at this point with how the dolphins played in week one, at least, because the chargers, surprisingly enough ran, I think it was 48 percent man coverage in that game, and Tyreek basically ran them out of it, like you mentioned, with 200 plus yards in that game. And he even came off after that game winner and said, "Like I took it to heart that they wanted to play man coverage on me. Like don't don't do that again." Basically, but then you look at the zone defenses they ran, and and two was throwing the ball before guys are before the receivers are clearing the defenders and throwing it, you know, with insane levels of anticipation. And then when you get those speed guys cutting those balls off and intersecting at them and and taking them for runs after the catch, it's tough to stop too. So. I, you know the, the cover one thing is interesting. I think that Miami is more equipped right now to to better rely on the running game than they were mm-hmm. at this time a year ago. So I, I'd be curious to see how the Patriots want to adjust to that. I think, like you said, it'll be a good mixture of both. And I think the only way you can attack this offense is to find some way to confuse Tua, which right now is, is looking like it's tough to do. But if you can find a way to change that picture and get them off that first read while generating pressure, maybe you can tell me, how you accomplish that because pretty tough to do.
0: Yeah, honestly. And this kind of leads into my next question because it seems like the best way to beat this offense. It's kind of like what the Patriots did last week. A marriage of coverage and pressure, where maybe coverage takes away the first read, and they don't have time to get off of it, or the pressure gets there so fast the ball can't come out. So Toronto Armstead didn't play last week, and last season we saw two his performance significantly dip when the Toronto Armstead was out, which is going to happen to a lot of quarterbacks when they don't have their left tackle. Do you think that the offensive line? Is maybe an area of vulnerability because, of course, Tua gets the ball out so quickly, he really helps them out. But did you see an area where the Patriots might be able to create some problems up
1: front? It goes back to kind of the, the running game aspect of it, right? Because like if they can prevent the Dolphins from staying ahead of schedule, which they did really almost all game against the Chargers, but then when they didn't, they still managed to convert a bunch of third and longs in that game. So like I said, they were just so on point that game, I think they couldn't miss. But if you can generate, you know, consistent third and sevens plus, that would give you a chance to then force the Dolphins into more true pass sets where they can't utilize that motion and and the, the play action they operate with that kind of puts the edges in some indecision, you know, to rush or to kind of fall back or what they have to do to to defend against those plays. You create more true pass sets. I think that's where you might be able to get more one-on-one matchups to potentially exploit a matchup. You know, Matt Judon's a tough matchup for anybody he faces. So if you can create those in the interim, that's a good way to, you know, get the Dolphins offensive line out of their rhythm. But I think that the impact that Butch Berry has had in terms of the way he's installed techniques that seem really to have taken hold so far for this offensive line like Austin Jackson's a good example is a guy that struggled early in his career unfortunately missed pretty much the entire year last season due to injury but I watched the tape of his game on Sunday Taylor and he was his his mechanics and fundamentals were very good hands and feet working together he was you know going and getting his pass his jump sets and and the runway against that wide nine technique so I, I guess to bring it all back, Toronto Armstead was at practice on Wednesday, albeit in a red medical jersey. Um, but he didn't practice all last week. So it's trending in the right direction. With him, I think the offensive line is is really dang good and has that swing tackle in Kendall Lamb without him. Lamb was 12th this week in and pass blocking win rate. So he was no uh he was, you know, no slouch himself. So the Patriots' defensive line always concerns me because of all the games they run and the consistency of guys that I don't think get enough credit, like you know Wise and and Guy. But I think the Dolphins' offensive line, through scheme, through Tua's quick release, and through the fact that they are kind of playing better right now, I think it's going to be much less of a story than it was a year ago.
2: Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred in bonus bets guaranteed. That's guaranteed. Plus all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. It absolutely is. The app is easy to use and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com sportsbook. Hope is here. GamblinghelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Gamesetsma.com or call one eight hundred GAM one two three four. NFL Sunday Ticket offer ends nine eighteen twenty three. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. One hundred dollars off NFL Sunday Ticket. Not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account. A current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews. Cancel anytime.
0: We've talked about the offensive line in terms of pass protection, but I know Mike McDaniel said he wanted to put more of an emphasis on the run game this season. Do you think that he actually followed through with that? Obviously, their pass game was working so well. I'm not going to fault him for not. But based on what you've also seen through the summer, is this the year where you actually have to respect Miami's rushing attack?
1: I mean, he said he was going to, and then, like you said, he went away from it on Sunday. (laughs) It was efficient early on. I I think it might have been different had they converted some of those low red zone possessions that didn't produce touchdowns. They had a turnover in low red zone and a field goal in low red zone, so you kind of left, you know, eleven points in the board right there. And if maybe perhaps if you get, you know, a two score lead, we do see more of that running game. But the way the Chargers challenged the Dolphins on the perimeter with their man coverage, like I would have done the same thing too and gone after the pass. So I think it's going to be a case by case thing. I think that when they need the running game, I think they'll have. there it was very Mm -hmm. consistent in the preseason and there was a drive with two uh, against the Jaguars I believe it was in the preseason where he only threw the ball two times and everything else was a running play and they took the ball down the field almost as if to say like we know we have the passing game let's develop the running game here and those those two obviously marry so well together I mean go look at Kenneth Murray's tape on Sunday I kind of feel bad for him because he was put in such conflict on every single dang snap that just he had a rough game as a result so I think that it's of paramount importance that they can do it and I think they can but when you have Tyreek and Jalen I'm okay throwing the ball 40 times a game absolutely
0: all right gone a lot about the offense to switch over to the defense, which is more interesting. I think this season to talk about because they moved away from that Brian Flores style of, you know, aggressive, we're going man coverage most of the game, a lot of all out blitzes, things like that, that they've had for a while now under big Fangio. I think we're seeing what was expected. A lot more split safety looks. Uh, you saw the chargers kind of challenge them, challenge them with a lot of bunch concepts, stacks, different formations, which we also saw from the Patriots. So from your perspective, What have you seen from the Vic Fangio defense in terms of how the Dolphins have changed? And do you think that the Patriots may be able to have an advantage considering now Bill O'Brien's on the other side and can take some of the tendencies from that defense and take advantage of them?
1: Yeah, I think it's an underrated aspect for sure. I mean, we talked about Ronaldo Hill coming from the Chargers this past season and potentially having some input there for the Dolphins' offense and how to attack that defense. I think that's a very underrated aspect of this sport with all the you know connectivity around the league. As far as how the Dolphins' defense has changed, I mean, you mentioned it. You you guys know the defense that Josh Boyer and Brian Flores ran very well. Lots of press, lots of cover one, lots of cover zero, uh, mm-hmm. lots of you know simulated pressures and games up front and trying to just disguise the way you get pressure on the quarterback. And when it worked, it was beautiful. When it didn't, it was tough to watch. And I think with this defense, a lot more eyes on the quarterback, lots more zone coverage, obviously, you know, the, the cover four, cover six, cover eight combination of coach Fangio Mm -hmm. is, is, is well documented out there. And we've seen them kind of adhere to that, you know, going out and getting a guy like Eli Apple in the absence of Jalen Ramsey to, uh, you know, fulfill a role and a guy that has played a lot of that cover two and kind of played that cloud role. I think that's a, a pretty big Uh, get for the Dolphins this year when they got you know their depth kind of jumped into there with Ramsey getting injured but yeah I think it's uh we only saw seven blitzes in the game on Sunday against the Chargers and they were very effective when they did come so Mm -hmm. I think maybe less blitzing can make it more effective because it's a little bit more of a surprise and I thought Herbert kind of struggled to find where those blitzes came from to get the ball to his hot in those situations so The pass defense and and the rush game I thought was pretty good, but as far as the run defense, it it wasn't good in the game on Sunday, and Eckler kind of got what he wanted. I thought guys kind of jumped out of gaps at times, and uh, they were light in the box as it was. So I'm really curious to see how it changes this week because you know the Chargers have the explosive offense, the big-arm quarterback and all that stuff, and you want to protect against that with your shell coverage. The Patriots maybe not as much of a vertical threat in terms of just what weapons they have on the perimeter, but I, I would assume we'd see more Dolphins, you know, hats in the box and bringing maybe a rat in the hole in that safety position but yeah big difference in terms of more zone fewer blitzing than it was under boyer previously
0: And you mentioned that run defense. I want to get a little deeper into that because this defensive front, David Andrews said this morning, he called out Christian Wilkins saying he's such a good run defender. and They're really going to have to be good on their double teams. When I watched some of the tape with the Dolphins run defense, it seemed like when they were able to get good double teams, that's where a lot of the positive gains for the Chargers came from. Notice they kind of got something on each of Miami's edge defenders because either they were a little bit too aggressive. And as you mentioned, guys kind of running out of their gaps from your perspective, What exactly went wrong for the Dolphins? Do you think they can improve just that quickly? And where do you think the Patriots will attack relative to their scheme?
1: I I think it will improve just because it's hard not to after 234 yards. But I I think it goes back to kind of how they wanted to play the Chargers offense. And I, I think it was a really really key point for them to not get beat vertically in the passing game and we saw you know plenty of two high structure and there was lots of fronts that there was you know a two eye and a three technique that opened up that middle portion of the 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 chargers offensive line and for you know cory lindsley's a really good center he's a really big center and he kind of gave the Dolphins some fits in terms of catching and climbing up to that second level like you mentioned Mm -hmm. their duo attack was really deadly in those in those instances i thought I thought Zach Sealer had some pretty good work in terms of, you know, stacking and shedding blocks, but Christian Wilkins, I, I thought maybe tried to go outside the structure a little bit too often and make some plays. And he did, he always does, but there was just some plays where he kind of got washed out. And then the linebackers, you know, they're working in Andrew Van Ginkle right now in an off-ball linebacker role that is new to him, and I thought that he kind of, mm-hmm. you know, his his fitting was a little bit off at times, and David Long in that same same breath was kind of struggling to find certain fits in the running game. So I think that maybe it's a, a new system they're trying to get used to. That defensive line was so dominant in those, you know, frequently ran odd fronts, the bare fronts they ran under Boyer and Flores, maybe a little bit of an adjustment period right now uh, learning this, this Vic Fangio defense.
0: So speaking of that front, Last season or in seasons past, because of all the blitzes, it felt like sometimes it didn't allow the pass rushers to shine because a lot of the, on those instances, you're getting free linebackers and free safeties or what have you. I saw Jalen Phillips had eight pressures against the chargers. Now he's someone who I think has had a lot of potential and started showing. And I feel like every year, what did you see from him and the other guys on the front? Cause I know it seemed like everybody had a couple pressures against LA.
1: Yeah. He's ridiculous, man. I, he is He's going to be a household name sooner than later. I think he probably should be already, like you mentioned, because every time he had one-on-one matchups, he was able to get on that upfield shoulder. And then the athletic ability to corner and kind of dip under that, you know, the outside arm of the right tackle was just so consistent and so frequent. He was putting hits on Herbert consistently. And then when they finally had to, you know, This is why I think the Dolphins leaving points on the board was so critical early in the game, because when the Chargers were in one dimensional mode, you know, the running game was was obsolete because of the score and the down of the distance and the time of the game. Uh, Phillips took off, man. He was he was unstoppable on that last drive. Part of two sacks. He had a half sack on both of the, the sacks. They had to put the game away late. Just the man he's and to do it with 60 snaps in a game too in the first game of the season where it's consistent pass rush pass rush pass rush just a lot of energy that he has has worked into his conditioning we see him out here on the practice field after you know pass rush reps he takes off and runs 40 yards down the field at the end of a rep to go get his extra conditioning and so he is just a a, an absolute monster really fun to watch looking to get a little bit more out of Bradley Chubb he had a uh, 27 pass rushes and no pressures going up against Rayshon Slater in that game one of the best left tackles in the league but still you'd like to see him impact the game a little more than that but uh you know i mentioned wilkins a little bit sealer had some really good pass rush moves against their second year left guard zion johnson man that little the the way he uses the length of his arms to to create swim moves or dip and rips is so impressive he just he's so dominant in the way he controls the point of attack that he can then throw a curveball at you and get a big pass rush move when you need him so that front line I, i think the skills and the talent is all there it wasn't their best game on sunday but i think that we'll see it you know get better as the year goes along
0: Too busy this fall to cook, but want to make sure you're eating well with Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping and cleaning up while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. Adjust your stride this autumn without missing a step. Choose from 34 plus weekly flavor packed, fresh, never frozen meals ready to eat in two minutes. Level up with Gourmet Plus options, prepared perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Too busy running around during the day to think about lunch? Keep your energy up with Lunch To Go. Effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave required. Looking for calorie conscious options during the busy season? Try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 500 calories per serving. Need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best as you tackle a busy autumn? Try protein plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 plus add-ons, including breakfast items like our delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. Or, for an easy wellness boost, try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. We offset 100% of our delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for our production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in our meals. This October, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash patsdaily50 and use code patsdaily50 to get 50% off. That's code patsdaily50 at factormeals.com slash patsdaily50 to get 50% off.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear?
0: Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. Moving to the back end. You mentioned that Eli Apple's basically been the replacement for Jalen Ramsey. Deshaun Elliott also had a pretty big role. What have you seen from those new faces in the secondary? And also talk about Cater Kohu, because I saw him pop a lot. Like, I do not want to see any screens targeting that man. He is a missile coming downhill.
1: Yes, sixth in the league last year in run stops among cornerbacks, one of my favorite stats of the offseason. You saw me light up when you mentioned his name because I freaking (laughs) love this kid, dude, the way he competes. And if you talk to a player or a coach about a guy they expected to kind of pop off in year two, to a man, it was Cater Kohu, And you ask him why, because he's a dog. And just that you talk about the way he defends screens. There was a drive on Sunday where he cut down a screen for a one yard gain. He covered, a, he ran and tackled a guy out of bounds that wasn't even his man and coverage short of the sticks to make a third and one. And then he blitzed. And as Herbert tried to flee on the free run, he like moved with him and wrapped him up and brings this guy down who weighs like 50 pounds more than he does. He is so impressive. And I think that his ability to play inside and outside his instincts to be able to play the zone coverages that Vic Fangio wants to employ are very paramount in this defense. Now, as far as Apple and Elliot, I thought Apple had a, a strong debut. He's the nickel, although he comes on and plays the perimeter while, you know, mm-hmm. Kohu kicks inside when they go to that nickel defense. Um, I thought he had a strong showing in, in pass coverage, although there wasn't a whole lot of passing. uh, uh There wasn't a lot of throws for the Chargers offense in that game. And then I thought Deshaun Elliott, he's kind of been a work in progress to get up to speed here. And he's talked about that a little bit too, in terms of just getting his feet wet and getting more familiar in the defense. Had a, a missed tackle on a long Austin Eckler run. Also was in coverage on a big play for Keenan Allen up the sideline for like 50 something yards. But, uh, He's, he's a guy that wants, you know, he wants it. He's tough minded as hell. He come down and, and make some, some plays at line of scrimmage. I think maybe seeing more of him up in the box, making plays at line of scrimmage could be a a potential change for this defense going forward, but uh, it was a tough opener for him, but I expect him to bounce back. All right. Last thing I'm going to ask if you had to predict score and why you
0: think that score will happen. How do you see this game going for the Pats and the Dolphins?
1: You know, I think it'll be close. Maybe the Dolphins pull away a little bit late. I I, uh, originally going into the season, I thought the Patriots defense, as they are wont to do, would hold the Dolphins offense down. But Taylor, I don't know if I'm going to predict the Dolphins offense to get like, you know, stymied anytime soon until it happens, at least. So I think that even against a defense that I I really like, I really believe in, I think really matches up well against this Dolphins offense as well as you can. I still just think that Miami's going to find their way to, you know, 28 or so points. And on the other side, I, I think that the Dolphins defense will bounce back a little bit. And uh, like I said, be tight going into the fourth quarter, but perhaps Miami finds a way to put it away with that pass rush and some scoring opportunities late. I'm going to go 28-17 Miami uh, with some more fireworks from the offense.
0: All right. Hopefully we see a little bit more from the Patriots offense. They did show some potential last week, but at the same time, execute when it counts and in what's probably going to be another tight game that will be crucial Travis appreciate you as always brother let everybody know where they can find you and where they can find your work because I'm sure you got some great stuff coming out this week
1: anytime I appreciate it Taylor thank you for having me on at Wingfield NFL on social I'm out firing tweets about the Dolphins all the time and we'll have game day tweets as well for you guys but uh, also the drive time podcast is five days a week on the Miami Dolphins podcast network Uh, do a little bit of writing but mostly podcasting and on Twitter
0: awesome thank you so much Travis thank you all for watching take care of yourselves take care of each other and we will see you next time peace
2: ever wish you could navigate the betting field with the confidence of a pro enter odds are they're not a sports book but they're the sports betting advisor you've always needed it's like having a playbook for smarter bets right in your pocket I've been absolutely loving the experience and I think you will too Especially since Patriots press pass listeners get a 30-day free trial. Elevate your game day and join the smart betting revolution. Go get it at oddsrcom slash press pass. That's com slash press pass.